Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang. Time now for Why It Matters. And I suppose it's a bit of uh, getting to know your boss's problems day. Mm. <laughs> and maybe sympathizing and empathizing at times as well. We'll see. And we know that uh, <laughs> no, I'm sometimes... kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, they don't deserve my sympathy. <laughs> I'm kidding. Is it? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're seeing COVID nineteen exert all sorts of pressures on everyone, and your bosses naturally would be under a lot of pressure as well. You know, it's a new yeah, way of true. managing the business, making it work, managing people as well. So the question I often have is: Yes. We depend on our bosses to give us support, whether it's in terms of getting the work done, giving us the tools to do it, or it's mental and emotional support. We expect it, but not everyone delivers, of course. But where do they go to get support? And that's something we'll we'll probably touch on later as well. We all know it's the highest ranking executive in a company, the CEO. But what really does that job entail? It varies from one company to another, of course, depending on your company's size, culture and corporate culture. So let's see how all of this has evolved due to COVID-19 and is being adaptable the key to being a successful CEO. On the line with us this morning is Edmund Sia, Managing Partner of Egon Zende Singapore. Good morning, Edmund. How are you? Good morning, Elliot Brafi. Thank you for having me. Um, very well, thank you. Tell us a little bit more about this study that you guys recently released. It's the 2021 Global CEO Reflections Study. What kind of a read is this? That's right. We recently surveyed about a thousand CEOs all around the world just to understand how they're thinking and feeling about their roles as CEO. So it's a really important study. And, you know, like you said earlier, I think about the pressures of the job, you know, the demands and expectations of a, of a CEO is incredibly high. Pressures and stress is, is already there, you know, and the job is made difficult now with the uh, pandemic. In a nutshell, how would you describe that vast change in the expectations of the CEO role between pre-COVID days and today? I would say that in the pandemic era, it's so much more complicated. If you think about it, COVID, how do you organize the workforce, you know, the um, job security concerns, performance, you've got to keep performance up, you know, you have to worry about um, stress in the workplace. And now you've got issues of mental illnesses. And in, 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 in the midst of all of that, you've got to keep your workers, your, work, your workforce engaged and, and productive, right? So, and then you add to that the big challenges of our era, right, which is, you know, social justice, environmental concerns, tech disruption, and, and intense social media scrutiny. That makes all the job very complicated. So you've, you've already very complicated job to begin with before pandemic, and you add all of this with the pandemic situation, the COVID issues, and now issues of our age, the job is very difficult. Mm, indeed. And I think it's great that you bring up these points. This, the study found that 83% of leaders find it essential to reflect on their own leadership style, and that's up from 66% in the 2018 study. But with all the noise that you just mentioned, 
how do I prioritize? Where do I reflect? Do I have to appoint a head of emotional distress, a head of social mm-hmm. media, etc., etc.? Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult to be a leader now. Yeah, it's it's very true, and you know, I'm not sure if, if I think we all have heard about this adage, right? Which is, what got you here is not mm-hmm. going to get you forward, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, to be CEOs, many of the CEOs have gotten there because they have been able to deliver. So getting results, performing, uh, really, really important. And, you know, the, the job being so difficult, CEOs have to, have to be really, really strong and they've got to be strong. So, so many CEOs are battle-hardened. They're warriors. You know, they, uh, they know how to fight. They know how to deliver, get things done. And some, peop- and some of them know how to bulldoze. Right, mm. but today I think people want to be inspired. Right, they don't necessarily just want to deliver numbers. They want to be inspired. They want to be energized. They want to be engaged. They want to know the purpose and meaning of their work. So, so CEOs now have to reassess. Right, how do I how do I do that? How do I bring purpose and meaning into the organization and inspire and energize and engage people? So, so they, they need to build these new muscles because the big muscles all CEOs have, the tenacity, the drive, the determination, but the small muscles require quite a bit of work now. So things like listening, showing empathy, empowering, which is about trust, right? Influencing, all these need a lot of work. So just to give an example, a client was telling me, so this is a CEO and she she has a, C, a C-level colleague, a C-level direct report, who has suddenly stopped performing. And why, you know, one may ask. The, the family is outside Singapore. He's not seen them for a long time. Parent passed away, can't really go back. So she could have been, she could do one of two things, right? One of which is she could be a warrior and just say, look, you know, buck up all your history. She could empathize and help. And she decided to choose the second, which is she told her direct report, look, don't worry, go home, right, take some time, spend with your family, we'll cover you. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll. She rallied the team around him and said, look, we have your back. So, so which, is, which is more inspirational? Mm. Here's the thing. Self-awareness is only half the battle. So while you say that 83% of leaders find it essential to reflect on their own leadership style, I wonder if they're actually doing it, right? So you know you've got to do it, but are you doing it? Any insights on that or do we need a separate study for that? <laughs> you've got to ask their employees. <laughs> I, I think clients that I have observed are doing it in various degrees. Particularly for those who are doing it, they are doing it really well. You know, they have embraced uh, the different steps. I think being really open to feedback and being curious about themselves, they have surrounded themselves with people who are able to tell them honest, wise uh, counsel. Right? And so as a result, they have really, you know, put that into action. So I think it's really important that that happens. So I, I see it happening, but not across the board. Mm. So there are others who need a lot of work, who need a lot of encouragement, but at the same time, a lot of practice. And this is a global study. Does culture play a huge part? I was raised in a traditional Asian family and we don't talk about feelings. <laughs> I, I don't think you're alone, Elliot. It, uh, I, it, it resonates very much with me as well, right? So because in Asia, I mean, we can talk about 
caring for relationships and yeah. we want to build guanxi, right? But, yes. but relational issues are different. So I grew up in an environment whereby parents put food on the table and then you just suck it up and carry on, right? Be grateful. Um, <laughs> be grateful and then, and then, and then just, just uh, use your own devices to carry on. And, you know, I've got a, an example where we have got this, got a client in Singapore mm-hmm. where he grew up in an environment where feelings and emotions are not readily expressed. So you just, you know, just have to suck it up and carry on. Mm. And mm. simple gestures like pat, a pat on the back, good job, you know, well done. You know, you're such a great colleague or, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. These things cannot come out of his mouth. So, so we have had to practice, you know, we have had to practice and how to articulate how he feels, how to express his feelings, how to be vulnerable, right? And so this is the sort of relational capabilities that CEOs are discovering to be very powerful and yet they need to improve on. And this is one key topic of our study as well, which is that um, CEOs are discovering that uh, these relational capabilities are important that they have got to build and uh, it is a blind spot and i'm glad right that we found that they did realize that this is a blind spot because you know then they can they're open enough to want to to change and go on a personal transformation because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day you know a better leader can make a a world better right Mm -hmm. so you've got better leadership you can make your company better you can make a community better you can make a society better you can make the world better Companies essentially do need to invest in transforming leadership as well and supporting leadership in order to take the steps that you just mentioned. Throw in some communications training and that should help too. Interestingly, I note that the ESG ranking remained low, actually coming in last place on the CEO decision-making financial metrics. Mm. It ranked sixth. This is surprising to me because, frankly, ESG is constantly in the headlines now. And even when Gen Y and Gen Z and millennials decide on which companies to work for, this ESG metric is something they really pay attention to. So it does have impact on talent attraction as well. So why do you think it's ranked so low? Yeah, I think we, we really can do better in this, in this area. It ranked six or six at the moment, but five years ago... It wouldn't even make the list. So this is becoming more important. It's becoming part of the CEO's agenda. And we can see that this can only become more and more important. So treasure is mounting. And I recently saw a report that came out from UBS that says that the best performing portfolio of companies are those that are at the forefront of sustainability effort. So, so now it's affecting performance. Right. It is it's driving value and results. So what gets rewarded, as you know, will get done. And the early movers on this, you know, they have benefited. But maybe just an observation about these early movers, right? Because our findings is that they didn't embrace ESG because it's about the money or it's about the reward. But they were willing to swim against the tide because they were purpose-driven to want to make for a better world. Right. So they were willing to put in resources when others were not. They were willing to, to put the money where their mouth is. And at the end of the day, that's what better leadership is all about. Right? Having a heart for humanity and having the, the foresight to do what's right for the business. And that's really important for us because, you know, we really believe that better leadership can make for a better world. Mm. 
Ed, I got a final question for you. And uh, well, this is a bit of uh, me trying to be funny with this question. Uh, this is the 2021 Global CEO Reflection Study. Don't hate me for this. Can parts and findings of these studies be applied to government leaders? And how can we ensure that they hear these findings and you know they find the relevant parts to apply to their leadership of an entire country, an entire culture, an entire environment in that sense? Yeah, uh, Elliot, you, I, I know you're, you're, you're trying to be funny with me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, I, but I, it's a valid point. If we're going to talk about leaders is. reflecting, of all people, they should too, right? This is not just for business leaders, right? This is for leadership all across. And I think it would take probably more time for me to explain and maybe not so much enough time to do this justice. And I'm sure if you invite me back, we can double click on this. But it is, it is a very important topic. And the learnings from this report, because it comes from leaders, leaders who are leading significant business operations and people, the relevance of the findings and the insights are appropriate across whether it is other businesses or government. So it makes for interesting reading and I'm sure insight for improvement for leaders in government worldwide. Well, we've given some people a headache this morning. We've been speaking with Edmund Sia, Managing Partner of Egon Zender Singapore. Ed, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Appreciate it. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.